Section one of Billy and Bunbury. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Patty Cunningham. Billy and Bunbury by Royal Baking Powder Company. Bunbury is a tasteful town beside a syrup sea where sponge cake fish and waffle whales disport themselves in glee. Bunbury's streets are good to eat, of that make no mistake, for Bunbury's streets are made, you know, of finest marble cake. Its fences are of pie crust, and its houses built of buns, with frosted roofs and raisins on the most important ones. Bunbury has fine doughnut trees beside a chocolate fountain, and just outside the town you'll find a giant layer cake mountain. Its people are too cunning and too sweet for any use. There's Spry Popover, Johnny Cake, and Dainty Charlotte Russe. The moon's a muffin, and the sun, a hot cake warm and mellow. Its gentle rays make Bunbury folk a tempting brownish-yellow. And when it snows, Marshmallow covers everything with icing. The houses and the people, too, look even more enticing. Bunbury's folk oft gather round ye coffee ring, and tell the news about young Johnny Cake, who's courting Patty Shell. Bunbury's vaults are filled with gems, for Hunbun, the Bunboy King. He has gems to burn, but doesn't. Burnt gems are not the thing. The reason why this little town's so gay and sweet and nice is, because each cake and cookie there was raised on Dr. Price's. Now one day, as the cookie clock in Taffy Tower told, Flapjack, the king's own messenger, into the castle rolled. Your bunship, puffed the little Jack, I bring surprising news. There is a little lad near here, too skinny for his shoes. He will not eat his breakfast, and he will not eat his lunch. He's lost his taste for baseball, and completely lost his punch. What, spluttered Hunbun, pushing back his sparkling candy crown? Ho, fetch my dog, ho, fetch my cane, I'll catch a train to town and when his cane and dog were fetched, he hopped aboard the train, and in a way I scarce can guess, and even less explain, arrived at little Billy's house, he found the boy at tea. Hello, cried Hunbun, howdy-do, and likewise, howdy-dee. Then Hunbun's dog began to bark. You've heard of him, perhaps. He's full of ginger and of spice. His name is Ginger Snaps. Why, who are you? gasped Billy, nearly falling in his plate. I'm Hunbun, smiled the little chap. The cookie potentate. Go on and eat your supper, boy. Twill make you strong and fat, and fit to hit a punching bag or swing a baseball bat. Not hungry, sighed the little lad and scowled upon his meat and frowned into his glass of milk. There's nothing fit to eat. Dear me, mused Hunbun while the pup licked Billy on the ear. A boy as thin as you could not be president, I fear. And hopping on the table, he began to walk around. He peered into each plate and dish. Then even Hunbun frowned, and leaning on his peppermint cane, and looking really hurt, the Bunboy King called dolefully, Why, where is the dessert? In rage he shook his candy cane, as will such angry kings, and roared, It's plain to see you're fair, lacks most essential things. No cakes, no cookies, and no buns, no biscuits, not a tart. None of the things real fellows like. Why, Bill, it breaks my heart. It seems your mother does not know what youngsters like to eat. It surely is high time, I think, that she and I should meet. 
Soon, hearing all the rumpus, Billy's mother came to see to whom her son was talking, and what all the noise could be. When Hunbun spied her, he remarked in accents sharp and biting, No wonder that your boy won't eat. His food's so uninviting. Your son wants cookies, buns, and cake, and other things that mothers make. Bill's mother, looking apprehensive, remarked, But cakes are so expensive. Not so, quoth Hunbun, drawing forth a brightly colored book. Use Dr. Price's baking powder hereafter when you cook. Then Hunbun gaily doffed his crown, and with a bow quite comical, he told her, You will find it good and very economical. But now we must depart, and so we'll bid you a good night, for Bill and I are going to try to find his appetite. And while the puzzled lady grasped the cookbook in surprise, the pup and Bill and Hunbun disappeared before her eyes. Next instant they were on a train, and hieing in a hurry across a golden cornbread plain to little Hun's Bunbury. The engine on its licorice rails cream puffed along so fast, the peppermint poles and chocolate cows went simply whizzing past, and when they reached the station, all the tasty cakes and tarts were out to welcome Billy, bless their little sugar hearts. The royal bun band, headed by a pound-cake drummer man, came tooting down the central street, and after it there ran a flock of scotch and dutch cakes, twenty cookies and a roll, while all the orange icing bells began to peal and toll. Soon our Billy was no bigger than a cookie man himself, for Hun's magician devil's food had changed him to an elf. We're going to the circus first, said Hun Bun in his ear, where you can see the animals and all the freaks so queer. The little cracker animals cavorted round the tent, till the air was full of cracker dust and cheers and merriment. How Billy laughed while Ginger barked and Hun Bun clapped with glee. Come on now, cried the mighty king. There's other folk to see. Here's Captain Jelly Roll, who drills our biscuit policemen brave. But we don't really need them, for good cakes like us behave. The more of Bunbury's sights he saw, the hungrier he grew. And yet to eat up Hun Bun's friends would never, never do. While no one looked, he slyly took a piece of pie-crust fence, and next he ate a pretzel gate. It tasted just immense. They stopped to watch a cakewalk in the little frosted square, where all the best and richest cakes were stepping it for fair. The Scotch scones danced the Highland fling, the Dutch cakes danced the clog, and Hunbun led the bun ballet, assisted by his dog. Young Billy felt so gay himself, he danced with Sally Lunn. He never knew a cakewalk was such a lot of fun. But every passing minute, Bill grew hungrier until Bunbury's king was worried. I'm afraid that little Bill will bring this cakewalk to an end and start a cannibal. He'll eat my favorite subjects up, which wouldn't do at all. He murmured to a tea-bun, though I certainly rejoice to see he's found his appetite, just order my Rolls-Royce. Soon up it rolled, a chocolate drop was at the cookie wheel. Jump in, cried Hun-Bun, it is time for us to leave, I feel. Now you may eat the extra tire, it was a doughnut brown, Oh, thank you, hun, cried Billy, as they sped from Bunbury Town. They reached home very quickly, by the magic route they took, and there they found Bill's mother, absorbed in Hunbun's book. Here's Billy, shouted Hunbun, with an appetite so hearty, he gobbled up a fence and gate, and nearly ate the party. The things I saw all looked so good, I longed to eat my fill. 
"'Oh, mother, how I wish that you could make me some!' cried Bill. "'I never could,' she started, but this speech was not allowed her. For Hunbun cried, "'You can if you use Price's baking powder.' So saying, Hun gave her a can of bright and sunny yellow. "'With this you easily can make good things for this young fellow.' And, madam, instead of coaxing boys and girls to eat, tis wiser, to add a cake or cookie as a little appetizer. From the day that he met Hunbun, little Bill began to gain. His appetite's tremendous, and the reason's very plain. His mother makes him good things, of which he eats his fill, for everything she puts in them is good for little Bill. Dr. Price's baking powder and King Hunbun's wondrous book have made of Billy's mother an exceedingly good cook. He eats his lunch and breakfast. Each meal he finds a treat. The other fellows watch their step when Bill comes down the street. Cakes like he met in Bunbury, his mother makes him now. And if you want some, too, this book will tell your mother how. End of section 1 Recording by Patty Cunningham